Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jules Foreman Esports Interview Podcast. I am Jules, and I am joined here today by my very special guest, ZB. ZB, say hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? ZB, I am super excited to have you on. Um, before we get into our conversation, I wanted to have a little chat with the audience um, and, you know, give a little info about me and this podcast in general. Uh, I'm Jules Foreman. I'm a trans girl. I'm 20 years old. Um, I have been in esports for about eight years now. Uh, I've done it all, and I am super interested in learning what people have to say, and I love listening to people talk about the stuff that they're passionate about. ZB, you are a Rivals of Aether top player, one of the best frags in the world. You have wins on players like Cake Assault, Penguin, MSB. Uh, all my favorite players, um, you have been doing it all, and you are pretty well known for your, uh, let's say, controversial take on philosophy uh, when it comes to the rivals. Tell me a bit about that. Well, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, Twitter shows you what you least want to see so that you can argue against it. And sometimes it shows you, you know, stuff that you really disagree with, uh, like metaphysically, I guess. Did you want to just talk about the free will stuff right away? Yeah, I mean, that's the big one. That's literally like in the title. The title of this episode is going to be ZB, what is free will? Because um, okay. obviously, you know, you're known for your opinion that free will does not exist. Why? I'm I'm so curious. Like, why why don't you think that free will exists? Well, I mean, I'm a materialist, which means I recognize uh, the reality that we live in as the exclusive reality. Like, you could imagine that there's another like spiritual reality, but I think that based on like my conception of the world uh, and what I that 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 other potential reality has no influence on ours. So it seems to me that if you accept that that thing is true as a premise, that you have to also accept at the very least that our actions are determined from previous states, right? See what I'm saying? No, not at all. <laughs> okay. Break that down a little bit. What do you what do you mean by sure, that? Sure, sure. I, I just had this discussion yesterday trying to really ground it, but I guess we're maybe caught up in like the terminology. So you see the world around you, right? You see how things interact. When a ball is pushed down a hill, it it continues to roll until an external force causes it to stop. Yeah? Yeah, I'm I've I've pushed a ball down okay. a hill before. At least once. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you push the ball down the hill? We were playing a game. This was all like an elementary school. We played this game called King of the Hill where uh we would get those little, you know, kickball balls and the people would there would be a group of kids that would stand on the top of the hill and they would pick the ball up and just drop kick it and whoever would catch the ball would replace the person at the top of the hill. And the person at the top of the hill would have to go down. Um, and so there was a lot of throwing the balls around, kicking the balls around. Um, that's that's my experience with balls and hills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like that act, that that like play state, 
you it's it's a conglomeration of all of the things that were fed into your little child brains maybe somebody before you had made up that game and told you about it and that's what caused you to play it because it was fun and it was structured or maybe you made it up yourself and it just happened to be fun enough and structured enough that you wanted to kick the ball down the hill in any case it was it didn't come out of nowhere is what i'm saying right so from what i understand what you're arguing is that all of the experiences that i had in my life led up to me wanting to play this game with my friend um yeah and so because that's of not all to say that you can't enjoy it of course right 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 and i still had a a ball of a time <laughs> but what you're arguing is that like it wasn't my decision to yeah to kick the ball down the hill is that what you're saying precisely yeah it it wasn't well i'm not necessarily saying it wasn't your decision just that conception of decision like completely free decision even when you're making a choice that seems really arbitrary like choosing between like which m&m you like what color you like those those decisions, even if nobody forced you to make them, the external things around you resulted in you making that decision. There oh. was no you in the decision. So the decision was going to be made regardless of whether or not I... No. Oh, what's the best way to put it? Like It's I really was, hard to going... say. Yeah, it is. That's... that's I, I, I've, been, I've been thinking about that lately. I think there, there's this thing called compatibilism, right? Okay where uh you i i guess to explain compatibilism you first have to explain hard determinism and uh libertarian free will let's hop into so that. hard determinism says basically what i've been saying so far uh things happen because of previous states and the physical laws of the universe that i mean that's how we've done physics that's how science that, that's like the basic assumption of science there can be stuff like quantum physics where like random chance gets involved but generally every single time something happens it's a result of the world before and the processes that that world contains. uh there's no will we're all just machines uh plodding along on that like conveyor belt of history Right. So you're basically saying that, like, it's not that we don't make decisions. It's that everything that led up it to us making that decision influenced us to make the decision that we were going to make anyways. Like, we... Yeah. Ooh, I guess my, my immediate thought is, like, what about, like, I don't know, do you believe in, like, alternate realities where, like, you know, we said yes, or does that even matter? You know, like... I mean, there might be alternate... I, the there, There's a thing in quantum theory, I think, where, like, there's multiple universes based on, like, what quantum states change, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and even if that's true, it doesn't really relate to us making choices on a macro mm -hmm. scale. Okay. Um... There could potentially be alternate realities where you make a different choice because of the quantum fluctuations. And if that multi-universe state is true, then there is another universe where you made a different choice. But that choice wasn't really as a result... Uh, that, that wasn't a feature of choice itself. That was more a feature of the universe and the choice is like an afterthought. 
Right. Yeah. So they're not really related. Okay. Yeah. I want to get back to what you said about uh, hard determinism and uh, what was the other topic that we... Libertarian free will. Libertarian free will. I want to get back to those. But I I did want to just acknowledge, like, I'm starting to understand why this is such a controversial opinion or such a controversial thing to believe in. Because when you really think about it, it's almost like very nihilistic where, Mm -hmm. you know, if nothing, if we don't have free will and everything that we were going to do or everything that we've done was going to be determined already, then what's the point of it all? You know, I wanted to pose that question to you. Like, well, that's a very, that's a very, very big question to pose to a philosopher. (laughs) Um, But like. Really, like, what is there a a purpose for all of these things? Oh, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should talk about the libertarian thing first, just because it's it's a lot simpler. I think uh, the libertarian free will thing is is the very intuitive way that we think about free will. That like, I choose what I do. Yeah, right. Like when I make a choice, it's my fault uh there's i could have chosen better in any particular situation let's let's Um, let's like actually give us a situation um i've made a single choice today and it was what was i gonna eat for lunch i decided i would just you know throw some butter in a skillet put a tortilla in there throw some cheese on that tortilla make a quesadilla you know that's that's what my decision was Damn it, it was a good quesadilla. You could have, libertarian free will would say you could make, you could have made any decision there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so... I could have made a sandwich. I could have heated up the uh, pizza that I have in my fridge. Um, but under the uh, belief of libertarian free will, all of those options are available to me. And I had yeah. the ability you to choose not any to eat. of them. You can think of it as all of the things that you're physically capable of doing are are all choices that you can actually make. So you're sort of responsible as a result of that for not reaching that maximum physical potential. So like, say somebody can conclusively prove that with your body type right now and your location in the universe, in a week's time, you could be the president of the United States. Hmm. Um. Then, you, by you not doing that, even if you you have no knowledge of this thing, but you not doing that, uh, you are now like failing to reach your potential. Okay. So, and that's all under the belief of libertarian free will. Of yeah, that's my understanding of it. I mean, I, I might be hyperbolizing. But... No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love a good hyperbole. It's literally my favorite thing that's ever happened ever. A hyperbole. Um. <laughs> So let's break that down a bit. So you're, you're basically saying that, I mean, let's just like define it real quick. Libertarian free will, the belief that we have an infinite amount of choices available to us at all times. Right? Or am I missing? Sure, yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, it's, it's that your choices are not bound by your, by your, uh, your, I, I want to say previous states, but like your, your mind. Mm-hmm. Your your choices are only bound by the physical limitations of your body. So I think we have, <laughs> like, a decent baseline 
understanding of libertarian free will. It's literally yes. all the choices available to us all the time. So the where the history of determinism is laying out libertarian free will and then saying that's clearly wrong. So we should accept <laughs> hard determinism. And what is hard and determinism? That we just talked to it's that we're on we're machines. We're automatons. Okay. We we make decisions. We're robots. We don't really make decisions. We just do what we're told. Yeah, or not do what we're told, but do like not 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 necessarily that it's scripted, but everything in our lives lead up to a single or lead up to decisions, and we are going to make the same choice no matter what, right? Well, see, I feel like you're gonna like the third one then. Because oh. I kind of agree with you. I can see this. I can see the value of this theory. Um, it's called compatibilism. The idea is that you accept determinism. You you recognize that it has predictive power and whatnot. Like you, you see that people do tend to behave predictably when you place them into the same situation, like Pavlov's dog, dog or whatever. But you also recognize that you do have some, you have to interact with a society and you do have some responsibility for your actions. You're, you're not just a robot, you're a really complex robot that we uh, have to, you know, make social contracts with. Right, uh, so compatibilism is kind of blending the ideas of libertarian free will and determinism and saying, sure, you know, we might be on a script and we are going to be making the same decisions regardless of, or be in yeah, because yeah, yeah. of our, the rest of our lives. But, you know, there's a big but in there in the material, or excuse me, compatibilism. Um, and that but seems to be, but we are still human being and we still have to interact with other human beings. And those might affect the choices that we make in some significant or insignificant way. So, and you... So you believe in uh compatible compatib what is it Compatib compatibilism i i don't know okay i don't know where i am honestly it's hard to say i i i feel like you when you're interested in, you you kind of bounce back and forth it depends on what analysis we're going for mm-hmm. like if i'm i feel like if i look at how uh economies work it's just significantly more useful to view it as uh, determinism and be like these people are going to do these things because of the society that they were raised in and this is the effects of all of those things and and you you take like the moral implications like what they should be doing out of the equation and then in some aspects like if i if you're talking to somebody about what they're what they ought to do in a particular situation yeah no so let's break that down a little bit when it comes to beliefs like determinism uh, i i think it does make a lot of sense and say like oh my god why is this corporation so evil it's like well this corporation is evil because of all of the things that have led up to this single decision that the people in power were going to make they were going to make that decision regardless because it makes them the most money because it's the most productive it was mm-hmm. going to happen no matter what but when you're starting to think about like oh my god, why did my girlfriend leave me? Um, <laughs> that starts to tread into compatibilism and say, like, 
well, she was, or even free will libertarian, or excuse me, libertarian free will, where it's, she was going to leave you because she was going to leave you regardless, but there, you got to remember that she's also a human and that relationship is very complicated. And that also has an impact on all the reasons that she left you, you know? Am I getting a read yeah, on this correctly? I suppose. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. So I want to. So that's the whole deal. They're like, they're, they're lenses of analysis. You might lean towards one or another, but that's up to the person. I don't think that there are any libertarian free will people in the world. <laughs> if you were a libertarian, you can't explain anything that happens in the world, okay? I will. I'll fight you on that if you actually genuinely believe that. <laughs> There's just there nothing in the world happens according to this uh this random decision making tree thing. Okay, and yeah. that's that kind of brings us back to the core question um of, you know, what is free will? Now that we have all of these uh, you know, terms defined and we have a good understanding of them, let's talk about what you specifically believe. And I know you said, like, obviously it varies literally probably day to day. Um, but, yeah, you are, you've always been very outspoken on the fact that there is no free will. And that leads me to believe that you are much more of a... Uh... Oh, God, I got to start writing these terms Determinist. Down. Determinist. Why do you believe in determinism over libertarian free will? I don't know where I'm going to go with this. So there's, there's one part of me that wants to say there's something incredibly comforting about thinking that people are predictable and that we work like the rest of the universe, right? Mm -hmm. it, I, I, it doesn't feel comfor comforting to some people because they're like, I don't want to be controlled. But it feels comforting that people won't just completely, like, jump outside the box. Right. Um, and and it, my understanding is if you look at any particular person you can you can sort of find that I, like you can look into their history and they didn't come out of nowhere with whatever actions they took they they have some influence art is influenced by nothing comes out of nothing is uh original right isn't mm -hmm. that the word yeah <laughs> um but another part of me wants to say uh well it's just right okay um, <laughs> i it it seems evident in the world that this is the thing that the world is when you ask the question why i want to answer it from the psychoanalyst side which is because i am emotionally attached to it and then i also want to answer it from the explanation like the science side which is it seems like it is true but from my experience talking to other philosophy people it seems like the science side is actually less well-founded really yeah so it's not clear whether actions have causes or causes have actions. I mean, it it doesn't make any sense to me right now that causes have actions, but there's no real reason to believe that time even goes in the way that we experience it. Okay, before we talk about how we experience time and how that affects <laughs> our decisions, let's break down... There's not down... much to talk about, it's just a fact, like... Yeah. Science, law, laws work in both directions. So I want to break down what you said about actions don't have causes, causes have actions, and vice versa. How can you have a cause before you have an action? Because in my mind, when I imagine like somebody does something, 
let's say I enter a rivals tournament and I roll from ledge, you know, it's like I roll from ledge because <laughs> I thought it would be a, a good option. Um, and that's the cause for my action. How do you have an action before you have a cause? It's it's not really a, a how, it just is. Like, there's you could have played the set backwards and seen yourself roll in towards the ledge instead of rolling away from it. And that would make just as much sense in terms of, like, what the things occurring are. Oh, so you're almost yeah. arguing... Oh, I think I'm beginning to understand. So you're almost arguing that, like, the cause and the action are not independent of each other. They are, I mean, almost the same. They just, they're existential. They they both exist. They definitely have a relationship, but we don't know which is the cause and which is the action. Right. From, so like, a, a traditional perspective. They're so intricately linked that you could almost make the argument that um, it doesn't even matter what the cause was because the action is. Okay, and that definitely does go hand in hand with your belief of, you know, there's no free will because it's like the cause is al it's almost irrelevant, it seems like. You know, like the action is what actually affects the universe. Um, and therefore that's what we should be i don't want to say that's what we should be focusing on but that's the uh the bigger thing to to keep in mind i guess ooh that's really interesting you're definitely making me flex my brain muscles right now <laughs> <laughs> um okay is there anything else you had questions on in that department cuz i mean i i i don't feel like i have much more to say about that that's no, this yeah. is the thing, like, I, I write stuff out, and I argue with people about how they see the thing, but I don't, I, like, I, I don't feel like I actually have, like, a substantive thing to say about this besides that. That's, you, you got all of it. That's the meat. Okay, I got um. the meat. So, now that we have the meat, we have been recording for half an hour, um, let's talk about... Um, I do want to talk a little bit more because, like, I am so interested in these ideas that you're saying. Um, so what is the, what is the big application, like, how do you apply the belief that there is no free will to your life? Well, it can be various things. Do you, do you want to talk about how, like, how it affects, like, my emotional reactions to things? Or do you want to talk about, like, political philosophy? Or... I mean, sure, whatever. Like, why do you hold... I mean, not why do you hold this belief? We've already discussed that. But what do you do, you know, now that we know there is no free will? Um, <laughs> we're all just machines doing what we were programmed to do. Once that's established, where do you go from there? My gosh, I can't believe Ming predicted it. We're going to talk about stoicism now. <laughs> what is stoicism? Not, not going to go. It's just being emotionally detached from things. And, and, like, interpreting events with logical reactions. The, so, because I can recognize that everything around me is just going through the motions or whatever, I deal with, like, losing in tournaments a lot better. I can relate to, like, the process of improvement better because I can recognize that, like, 
okay, I don't have that much control over how this happens, so I can let go of that, like, inferiority, you know, and just improve at whatever rate I can improve at. It's right. sort of, it's like a way to get into the mood of getting better or whatever. Right. Or just applying that in general and saying, yeah. you know, the reason, or applying it to the rest of your life, saying that the reason my girlfriend left me is because she was always going to leave me. Um, sure. I mean, there are other reasons that, <laughs> that you can, but. <laughs> right. Um, Not you specifically, maybe. Uh, in your right. case, it was just going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, literally, that's, that's like how I understand this. Of like, like, your girlfriend was going to leave you because of all of the actions that you had taken and all of the interactions that you two had had. All of those culminated in her leaving you, you know? Um, she was always going to have left you. Okay, well, I just gotta say, personally, I don't really buy into the determinism. No. Okay. So I think, <laughs> and maybe this is just me being an optimist, but like, I think, you know, humans are beautiful, unique creatures. There's nothing like us anywhere. And I think. Part of the beauty is that we are able to make our own part of the beauty of life is that we are able to make our own decisions and you know regardless of whether or not you think that the decision was like quote unquote scripted or we were always going to have done it i think part of the beauty of life is that we are all experiencing you know making decisions like that and um yeah i think there's no reason i think it's like a, a very safe way to look at the world, but at the same time, I think I'm personally of the belief that, I mean, humans are random creatures. We are capable of everything. And part of that's scary, part of it's horrifying, but I think there's like a, a, a serene beauty that can be found in that. Yeah, and and to be honest, I, uh, uh, like, I've been on this uh, determinist thing for a while. But as I've uh, gone through life, I've noticed a lot of things that people do as a result of that more uh, compatibilist viewpoint that I think is just very, very useful in interacting with people. You don't have this issue of like having to rationalize other people's actions all the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. So, so that is that is incredibly useful. And I can recognize that that has value. And honestly, I respect that, like, all sorts of different people exist and that people have all these different viewpoints because who knows who's right? Uh, who cares who's right? Who knows who's uh, who's going to find the most beautiful thing that comes next or whatever? Yeah, the world is crazy and, and huge and all sorts of people in it yeah well i think that's about all the questions that i had and i mentioned you know earlier before we started recording that part of this podcast i literally just want to be entertaining new ideas and learning about stuff uh even if i walk away from you know a conversation and say oh that was fucking stupid uh i <laughs> i still think you know entertaining ideas is 
uh, one of the most important things that you can do for self-improvement because you know how can you grow as a person if you're not studying new ideas and engaging with new thought i new thoughts you know yeah yeah that's awesome well otherwise zb um thank you so much for coming on my show um do you have any uh any closing thoughts before we wrap up um any last minute additions that you think the audience should know about either you or your beliefs or just determinism as a whole my God, Ori's fucking broken. Can we please get nerfs? Oh my God. I'm a gamer. I can't do this for more than 45 minutes. I have to talk about rivals. Well, I get the itch. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Dan Fernacy isn't going to nerf Ori because he's a complex machine. Uh, I just gotta funny. feed him the right inputs. Uh, we just gotta give him <laughs> enough money, and he'll change it. Okay, let's you know, get the Kickstarter going. I'm sure if you gave Dan enough money, he would nerf Ori. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ZB. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, where can people find you and learn more about you? How can people connect with you? Well, I uh, I tweet at least once a week on Twitter.com/zbbdj. Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, otherwise, ZB, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you, everybody who listened. And thank you so much to at PX underscore pride on Twitter for um, recording the intro song and the outro song. Huge shout outs to him. Uh, make sure you give him a follow as well. Otherwise, uh, have a lovely rest of your day, everybody. And uh, yeah, peace out. <laughs>